Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. And if you are listening back later on the podcast, we are so glad you've decided to join us. Um, a great encouragement this morning about living strong, um, even in difficult circumstances, and even with those that are difficult to love. And so very challenging, yet very encouraging. Um, just kept me thinking about the kids who are going to be going out in power-up clubs this week. Yeah to be able to have the endurance to love. And, sure. you know, they're with that same team all week. Yeah. <laughs> so the ability to love people That's around true. them and love kids. So really Yeah, because the people you enjoy sometimes on Monday, you don't really enjoy still by Thursday. Because yeah. you're like, okay, I'm done with that. Depends how tired you are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and we generally love less when we're more tired. That's true. I know as a mom, that can be true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. So we do have one question. We'll go ahead and kick off. But if you have any questions from the service this morning, we would invite you to text them in. The number is up on the screen. It'd be a great chance to answer them for you this morning. But we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. Um, so I think this is in relating to our last point there, your last point, be made strong for endurance. Um, how can I rejoice when I'm where I know God has called me, but everything is falling apart? What he put together is breaking. Huh. Yeah, that's a good question because when when we try to be more truly honest of, well, God, you are sovereign, which means you're in control, which means you could change things, and you're not. So you've put it together, and it's breaking. That's when it's easy to clench our fist. Right. Um, so... What's the question? How do we rejoice in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to give just cliche answers here. Uh, I'll try to think through. Um, in my own life, when there's things that I know God has put together and they're falling apart, how did I rejoice? I didn't always. Mm. <laughs> um, first, because I didn't always know to, honestly. One of the transformational moments in my life, the uh, Lord was very gracious to me f- uh, by bringing a man into my life uh, at age 15 for a week who taught me two things that have literally changed the, the trajectory of my life. Uh, it was, his name was Bob Hobson. He had been radically impacted by Adrian Thomas. And so he said uh, a few things that I'll never forget. He started the week. Uh, I was at the beach for a week with a group of teenagers. Um, not there for the best of motives, but he said, started the week, the Christian life isn't difficult. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But the Christ who lives in you, uh, the Christ who walked the pages of the New Testament is alive and living in you. And so he changed the perspective on the Christian life from something that I needed to give my best effort to try to do um, to understanding that the Christian life was the Christ life in me. And it doesn't mean that I don't do anything, but it means I'm not constrained by my own inadequacies. And so I often felt like there was things I couldn't do because right. I couldn't. But learning to say, I'm going to do what God says, believing he'll do what he promised. In other words, in the language of this morning, strengthen me for what he's called me to do. So that was first. 
The second one was the language uh, of our faith is thankfulness in all things. The language of our faith is thankfulness in all things. And so for me at that point, um, with a genuine, I, I say this, uh, with gratitude for the mom and dad that the Lord gave me, uh, our family had fallen apart, if you will. Uh, my parents were divorced. There had been hard times with my mom and my stepdad. And there was times in me that um, I wouldn't have ever thought to say, God, thank you for my family. And um, so at 15, being challenged by that, probably really, not probably, most certainly for the first time ever in my life, I said, Lord, thank you for the family you've given me. Uh, it's and to be honest, it's not the one I would have chosen, but it's the one you chose for me, and so I genuinely believe that you are working for my good. Mm. And so that's kind of a long, maybe too long-winded, just trying to make sure I'm answering out of the context of my own experience there, that we trust, we give thanks. We rejoice in things that God is doing that from our perspective is falling apart because uh, God is at work in things that are falling apart. And I've often been grateful that I understand a broken family. I understand uh, the heartaches of single moms because I've saw the heartache of my own mom. and very grateful for her. Uh, I understand the difficulty of giving thanks for your family because it was an act of faith for me. So that's my personal example. Whatever's hard in a person's life, it's not that sometimes we want to protect God and go, well, it's, God doesn't have anything to do with it. He's sovereign. He does. He could change it. He could, right? He's choosing not to, at least at this point. And so I say, Lord, thank you for that. And there really is power in that because uh, it just is so much against everything in us to go. I'll give thanks after you change it, Lord. But I'm going to thank you in the midst of it. So I think it, the language of our faith is thankfulness in all things. Maybe that's something that will resonate with the listener. The language of my faith is thankfulness in all things. So uh, the passage said, be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. How? Through faith. So thankfulness is the faith through which Christ dwells in our hearts in the midst of hard things. And there's something freeing when you're in that really hard place when you can give thanks. You know, as I've sat in those moments and to be able to finally bring, make the choice to give thanks, mm-hmm. it's very freeing in that moment. I and do think there is a freeing in it. And I've watched and I've seen it. I've experienced that. But what I've seen it when people will, will have said to me, no, uh, people will cuss me out and say, I'll never do that. I'll never give thanks for that. And my heart 
I'm not mad at him. My heart breaks for him because right. I recognize, as you just described, uh, there's a captivity in that mm-hmm. bitterness and in that anger of that gratitude would be, which would be an expression of trust, would release in their lives, but mm-hmm. they wouldn't do it. That's tough. It's a tough mm-hmm. place to be in, yeah. but very freeing. Um, so next question here. My spouse and I are planning to divorce. Mm. I offered the opportunity to renew our love and was rejected. At this time, we are barely neutral with one another. How do I love in everything while knowing the breakup is inevitable? Mm. Mm. Yeah, my heart breaks there because um, God intends marriage to last and... Sometimes divorce, sometimes we pursue divorce because we think it hurts so bad, things are so bad, divorce will end the pain. And actually, at least my perspective, having grown up in that situation, is this. And so maybe this will encourage somebody. Divorce doesn't end the pain. It only ensures it never will. In in other words, so that, that... Every Christmas changes because of a divorce. Every wedding celebration changes because of a divorce. Every big moment uh, is then impacted by that brokenness. So that's why we would encourage, do everything we can to restore our marriage. So this person is going, I'm trying, but it's not working. I think that's what I'm hearing. It's not working. The the other spouse isn't um, responding. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, uh, my thoughts are this. It hasn't worked yet doesn't mean it won't. It won't. And that's not trite. Just because it hasn't doesn't mean it won't. So I encourage you, keep on loving. Sometimes, uh, and, and so, and that may go so far as a divorce goes through, but you continue to love and you're remarrying in the future. I've seen that happen. Um, so don't give up. There's never, and I know this sounds strong, but there's never a time to stop loving because it's not working anymore. A good moment in my life when I was tempted to stop was in the passage where the guy, the father is pursuing Jesus because his daughter is sick and the servant mm-hmm. comes and says, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead as if Jesus could help the sick, but not the, dead. not the dead. And Jesus goes, don't fear, only believe. And he goes and he raises the girl from the dead. So if that can happen, we can kind of go, ah, divorce, it's done, it's over, never to be revived. Not true. If Jesus can heal the sick and raise the dead, he can restore the separated and he can restore the divorced. So I hope that, number one, encourages. Second. Uh, sometimes uh, I think I heard I I um, um, I offered the opportunity to renew our love and was rejected. Uh-huh. At this time, we were barely neutral with one another. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a one time I offered the opportunity. Don't stop. Mm. I think the Lord knocked on my heart, and 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 sometimes you don't answer the door till the sixth knock. And I don't, and that could be true with a spouse. So um, 
sometimes a one-time offer can be like, well, you just, I'm not sure if you really mean it. But is it a test? Will you offer again? Now, I'm not saying that's right. It just could be true. It could be right. So I would say um, continue to express your desire for the relationship not to end, number one. Second, uh, do it in a way, continue to do it in a way that makes sure that your spouse is understanding. Uh, I can try to communicate things to Jackie and her not get it. It doesn't mean I didn't mean it. I just didn't, uh, didn't communicate it in a way that she understood it. So it's possible that you're communicating to your spouse in a manner which they're not understanding. So ask yourself, am I communicating it to them in a manner that they really get it? Sometimes we write things uh, when we should say things, and sometimes we say things when we should write things, or we mm-hmm. text things. Or, you know, so make sure we're communicating continually and in a manner that the recipient can have ears to hear and don't don't think that when the papers are signed and the divorce is done that god is done i appreciate the honesty in the question yes um, to seek uh counsel on that and also uh, we have the hope center as well as a biblical counseling ministry here and would encourage Mm -hmm. anybody um struggling in a marriage or relationship to reach out for biblical counseling to walk with somebody through the struggle. When 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails, Mm. I think sometimes we think, well, if we love, then it'll always achieve the result we want. Mm. And I'm not sure that that's what love never fails means. I think love never fails there is to the spouse who's saying, I've tried and it hasn't worked. Don't stop. Uh, it doesn't fail. In other words, it doesn't stop. It continues mm. to keep going. That would be my encouragement. Um, so another question here. What does it look like to rejoice in the difficult? I often don't feel happy. Is that sinful? Ah, great question. Um, in case I get lost, sometimes I get too long-winded on my answers. <laughs> no, it's not sinful. Faith is not fake. And what I mean by that is sometimes when we live by, oftentimes when we live by faith, we're doing something in opposition to our feelings. And it might feel fake, but it's actually faith. Now, you could be fake, but if we're doing something that God has called us to do, that's not, even though we don't feel like it, that's not fake. That, that actually is maybe faith at its best. It's fun to do it when I feel it, but it's even better to do it when I don't feel it. Hmm. So so I tried to share Friday night. We had boot camp for our students who were preparing for power-up clubs. And um, yes, I taught Friday night. And I told them that if we're going to put Jesus on display in front yards of Jacksonville, that will require, if they're going to see Jesus in it, an unwavering obedience. Who Jesus took on human, emptied himself. I, he probably didn't go, oh, great, I get to empty myself. Yee-hee, thank you, God. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and it was obedient even to the point of death. There's nothing in the Gospels that indicates that Jesus was like, hee-hee, happy about going to the cross. And I'm not being stupid when I say that. It actually says that he sweated bl- drops of blood and that he says, my heart is, my soul's troubled, Lord, but not my will, your will be done. You be glorified. So did he feel like going to the cross? No. Did he go to the cross? Yes. Is that fake? No. Faith. So I shared with them, I was teaching, hopefully, in an engaging, enthusiastic, helpful manner while my son and daughter-in-law were in the hospital giving birth to their little baby girl who had died in the womb in like 14 weeks. So it was... Too far along for a natural miscarriage, she had to go in early Friday morning and give birth. And so my heart was hurting for them. My heart was grieving for them. I didn't feel like going to teach Power Up Club boot camp. But I didn't call in and say, no, I can't do it. I'm not feeling it. I trusted the Lord that that's what he had for me. And I did what he called me to do. And I'm not trying to make myself the hero, though. I'm trying to think of a real example right. recently in my Practical life example, where, right? yeah, where I was like, no, I didn't feel like it. And it wasn't fake. It was faith to do uh, what. So is it fake to rejoice in something? Now, when I, when I laid in my bed as a 15-year-old and said, God, thank you for my family, that was an act of faith. It wasn't fake. I was trusting in him and uh, I think this would be accurate in a more real way than had I said, thank you for God for a family that was perfect. That's easy. There's nothing hard about that. That's just easy. So, uh, no, it's not fake. It's actually more real than ever when we rejoice, even though it's hard. More real than ever, not fake. An incredible opportunity just to really lean on the Lord and yeah. see him work in the midst of that pain or that struggle. Mm-hmm. So, so many times we attach that emotion of happiness to, yes. oh, that's what the Lord has for me because I'm happy about it. Yeah, fake may, if I am all smiles to everybody else right. but unwilling to give thanks to the Lord, that might be fake. Mm-hmm. Right. It's strengthened by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. A powerful reminder. And so anything you would, we've got a few minutes, uh, leave us with um, after today's service, anything that maybe didn't fit in or additional encouragement. We've had some great questions today. Yeah, I appreciate the very real questions because life is hard and rejoicing Mm -hmm. and enduring is real and love and temptation, real stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Only got this question Thursday night. I wondered if it would come. Uh, I made a very definitive point that it's not be strong, it's be made strong, it's be strengthened. Mm -hmm. The scripture uh, does say be strong, but it's good to know this. Like 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says be strong, English. But if you actually look at it in the original Greek, the Greek word there in the tone and the tense is a passive Tense, not an active. It's not something that I do. It's something that's done for me. So, regrettably, we interpret, we translate that be strong. It would be better there 
be strengthened. And I think actually some translations do a better job there and say be strengthened or be made strong. And then, well, what about all the Old Testament passages like Joshua 1? Be strong. Well, I say to you, only be strong and courageous. My answer to that is, if you go back and read uh, Joshua chapter 1, why did the Lord tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? For I am with you. It was the presence of God with him that would, so it was be strong, be courageous in the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. That's, so nothing's changed. It's always be strong in the Lord, be strengthened in the Lord, in the inner man. So there's not a violation there. It's always something that's done for us versus something that we're called to do for God. Our part is, our part is, yeah, (laughs) our part is faith. Mm -hmm. His part is strengthening. We encourage you to be strengthened today and through this week and would ask for your prayers for Power Up Club um, as we go through the week for the students, the leaders, the host homes, the kids, the families that are coming, that Christ will be put on display and lives will be changed by the gospel this week. So thanks so much for joining us.